Hi, this is Alvaro Cardenas. I'm here with another Career Combos podcast. Today I have a really good one. I was able to speak with Robert Ferguson of Clorox. He's a senior manager, U.S. talent acquisition at the Clorox company. And I think this time um, I was able to ask some really good questions that led to some interesting uh, points of uh, conversation and really just insightful information and 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 all so i really think you guys will enjoy this and um thank you for listening do is they look at the job titles most of the time first of all and if they can kind of get a sense of it within those five seconds of you know reading the title then they'll keep looking into that person or they just won't so i thought it might be interesting for them to to know a little bit more about what you do so uh, I manage uh, U.S. talent acquisition for Clorox. Uh, got a team of um, 12 recruiters around the country that hire uh, everyone from uh, production associates all the way up to uh, executives for the company. Um, what I would say about talent acquisition is uh, if you talk to most people, uh, they uh, never went to school and imagined they would become a recruiter. Um, and there's always every recruiter you talk to, you'll hear a story of, um, a kind of, uh, back channel way that they kind of fell into this as a career path. And in fact, most universities today don't even offer a lot of, uh, you know, entire courses around uh, talent acquisition. It's typically lumped into like an HR class in business school. Mm-hmm. Um, my own story, just to give a little background, I uh, went to Texas A&M and uh, had thought I would become a lawyer. And when I, I went to take the LSAT, I put the pencil down when it got to some of the questions it was like eh, no not for me uh i think i was more attracted to the being like a tv type lawyer or something <laughs> and so it was at that point that i uh, went to my career center at my school and discovered that you could they had these incredible systems in place to like connect with future companies and mm-hmm. frankly it was the career center at texas a&m that set me on the path that i am today and i'm super grateful for that um and i think uh, a lot of what has motivated me in particular to often over these last 20 years support entry-level talent acquisition as well is knowing that a career center changed my life And if more students take advantage of the resources they have at school, they have so many opportunities in front of them to really discover paths that they never thought possible. Um, And in fact, I would say that, you know, just going to a career fair or a student organization presentation is kind of like a door of possibilities that you can walk through when you use every one of those resources. The other thing that I would say uh, I can vividly remember about recruiting uh, is there was a movie in the 80s about this uh, guy that was, uh, it's called Dave. Mm -hmm. It was about this like local man that impersonated the president of the United States or something like that. Uh And it's a hilarious movie. 
but his day job was he ran a local staffing agency to help people in his community find jobs. And he, in the movie, I can remember as a kid watching it, and he talked about, have you ever seen the look on someone's face when you tell them that they got a new job? And I got to thinking about that. And I can't tell you how true that is. I could be having, I'll tell you, just Friday, last week, I was having an incredibly intense day with a lot of different projects kind of coming to fruition. And sprinkled throughout my day, I had the chance to talk with a candidate and present an offer on a position that I've been working on. And it was like all of that stress yeah. instantly stopped for that you know, 30-minute conversation to have that conversation and talk about a company that I love working for with a candidate that I can't wait to become one of my teammates at the company. Mm -hmm. And having that dialogue, it's such a great way if you are passionate about an organization to uh, really sell the message and find great people to work alongside you. It's such a rewarding experience. The human element of HR, regardless if you go into recruiting or any other factor, is this. At the end of the day, people are unpredictable. You never know. You, you can The best laid plans can fall apart immediately because of something that a human decides to do that you hadn't planned for. And if that kind of challenge of working with ambiguity and having to really get innovative and creative on how to solve people problems challenge inspires you mm. and you feel motivated by that. I would say that this is one of the best career paths you can choose because changing lives with people to me at the end of the day yeah. is so much more rewarding than sitting behind a computer and just dealing with something that can't talk back to you like numbers or mm. fixing IT uh, problems or yeah. something like that. And luckily, luckily, there's a lot of people out there that want to do that yeah. um, because we, we need those people. But if you're at all inspired by the potential that people can offer, um, then it's absolutely a great path for you. Um, that's, yeah, that's I mean, you touched on like a lot of big points and that was a really great answer. So thank you for that. Um, but I think sometimes students forget that like the when you first started i'll bring it back to a little bit about that about how students forget that sometimes the degree that you're first striving for you know that degree that you're chasing so much for you create like this image in your head of what you're going to look like when you receive it and a lot of times it just it just isn't like that which is okay but it, it's okay to become self-aware of the fact that if you do find what you do love for work it may not have originally been what you imagined and I, I feel like that's been a common theme, you know, in the past few interviews that I've done, a lot of them never imagined they'd be in the spot that they are today. So I think... I, I, yeah, I, um, in so many ways, agree with you 100%. Um, and from just, just so many angles, I mean, early on in my career, I was definitely, uh, I would say, uh, overly ambitious, like shoot for the top in everything yeah. I do, and always thought, you know, I want to be a uh, age and this age and this age. And uh, at this stage, 20 years into my career, managing the largest team that I've ever managed before with probably the biggest impact. And I'm grateful that 
this is the moment for me that this opportunity came yeah. because the life experience that you have that from the first job you take out of college to um, whatever you do 20 years later, your personal life experience and your professional life experience is going to change your perspective immensely. Mm. And there is not a day that goes by that an experience that I went through at 25, 26, 27, 30, 31, 32, like did not affect somehow the work that I do today and particularly how I interact with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you just naturally become more emotionally intelligent. You become more, you, you have a better sense of, uh, you know, what's truly a problem and what is not really that important. Right. And yeah. I, at 20 years old, I thought everything was important. I thought you had to do everything a thousand miles per hour. <laughs> and 20 yeah. years later, I can tell you, like, you know, if someone on my team has a problem or messes something up, I don't get nearly as frustrated today as I did 20 years ago coming out of college if something didn't go right. Um, and that's just life experience that happens over time that you just learn naturally. And so I agree with you. It's hard coming out to envision ultimately what it's going to look like because so much in your life is going to change just based on life experience. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of funny how life works though, because it's a little bit of a balance because when you're younger, it's natural that you're going to be more ambitious, more energetic, more, you know, making mistakes, which is another thing that I, I, I want students to to feel like they can do is is to try and strive for things but it's okay if you you know take a couple steps back or if you make a couple mistakes because with life experience i'm pretty sure you're gonna learn not to do those things again and as you mentioned i mean it, i think it's just a, it's a nice balance of you know um trying a lot of things and then coming to understand what you need to waste your time on and not so that is so true yeah. i mean it, it's it's cliche because i think it's said so often that you know like life is a journey enjoy the ride type things yeah. and all those motivational posters and there's there is though truth in that and um you know if i could go back and talk to anybody that's coming out of school that's pursuing a career in hr i would say appreciate the journey along the way because every people interaction you have whether it's a professional or personal interaction is ultimately going to impact and influence how you interact with people down the road. Yeah. Um, and even if I take that a step further and tell you, like, at Texas A&M, they called the student organization experience the other education. Mm. And uh, I, I haven't been, a, a by any stretch of the imagination, a, a really uh, perfect alumni and former students staying engaged with my school, but there is not a day that goes by that I can't tell you how grateful I am for that experience because 99.9% of the foundation I built to be successful in human resources uh, in business came from those student organization experiences in college mm -hmm. that challenged me, that looking back were probably ridiculous <laughs> arguments over ridiculous, like not that important stuff, but it was the practice of working with people in those organizations 
that I took with me every day. I can't. I was a political science major. I can't even tell you. Like, every, I, I, like, I'd probably be shocked if I went back and looked at my transcript today to see some of the classes I took. Yeah. Um, because to me, that college education that I invested in, um, it's the uh, practical experience I gained in learning how to work with people that I took with me and has last outlasted any of that. I think, you know, it's harder if you're an accountant or an engineer yeah, or something technical that you took in college to learn a trade skill. Uh, but even for those folks, too, I would argue that the most, the, the, the greatest and the best technical people are the ones that understand people. And those are the people that truly run the world and really know how to unlock greatness. It's the um, it's the ones that understand the technical skills and how to work with people at the same time. Yeah, I like that because I've I read a couple articles where it it talks about how moving further in your career, you realize that it's not so much about the hard skills anymore, and it's more about the soft skills. And now that you're saying that, it's kind of like you know, becoming a reality for me that it's, it is true. And it's something that I, I should consider. Um, because I'm so focused on, you know, knowing every detail knowing the definitions of every word, you know, just hard skills type stuff that, you know, sometimes it's easy to forget, you know, the people connection, because at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be going for further into somebody's career. So, yeah. You know, every employee at Clorox, uh, today is, uh, evaluated on two things the what and the how and the what is the work that you do every single day but that's equally balanced by how did you do it did you work in isolation and you know you made this huge accomplishment but you didn't get feedback from all the other people that are affected by your idea or you didn't uh, enlist co-workers or team members to help out on the idea and so you can actually accomplish a lot but if you do it the wrong way, it's going to have a negative impact on your future at the company. Mm-hmm. And so from day one, you're really ingrained to understand that Clorox, um, and in fact, it's one of our core values, work together to win and do the right mm-hmm. thing. It's about engaging your colleagues to uh, challenge your ideas um, yeah. We always assume good intent, but it's to make the idea better and it's to take us to the next level. And uh, our culture at Clorox is awesome because we don't uh, uh, we don't ask people, you know, are you a good fit for the company? We don't talk like that. We talk more about um, how does this person add value to the company through our uh, culture? Um, and how do they fit our values? Because at the end of the day, I don't care if you choose to go one way, I choose to go to another, we both get to the same end point. But at the end of the day, I know that Alvaro is going to do the right thing and work together to win and stretch for results and follow our values. It doesn't matter to me if you choose to work 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. to get something done and I worked 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. whatever that is like at the end of the day it's about results and how you did it yeah that's true and then another thing too that I like that you mentioned is the company culture aspect of it um a lot of the the times where I talk to some of the people they they mention about their company culture and I think students need to do more of their research on that end 
because not all company cultures are the same and you know some some may be very family oriented some may be very team collaborative or you know or some may be kind of run solo um so you know i think uh what would be some of your advice because i've I mentioned um this to some students and they kind of just get the job that they can get and then once they get to it half of the time they just don't like it because of the way it is or company culture the way the way that it is um you know during work so what would be i mean besides i guess you could say research but what would be some of the advice that you would have for some students on that aspect of work i i agree with you a thousand percent that it is something that any student today coming out of school should uh strongly evaluate here's what i would say um company size should be a um something that you take a close look at. Uh, I've worked at companies as small as 500 people, and I've worked at companies all the way up to 50,000 people. What the difference is between a 50,000-person company and a 500-person company is the way that your work is um, becomes more holistic. And then uh, what I always tell people is the larger the company, the smaller the swim lanes on a process flow chart. And so it's because they have so many people to do so many things that the work that you do is going to be much more refined. And for some people, the structure that comes with that is absolutely right. outstanding. They love it. Mm-hmm. For me, what I discovered is I'm happiest on a mid-sized company or an organization that might be really large, but they they manage by business units. So you're in a business unit with 7,500 people in a 100,000 person company. Those 7,500 people almost operate like a mini company. And so you feel much more empowered in that container. Um, And so Clorox, we've got 8,800 employees around the world. And so what that means is, when you factor in these iconic brands that we are driving uh, consumer uh, behavior in, we have this opportunity to make such a big impact in a variety of ways, and the work is extremely diverse in the sense that you could be doing a large variety of different assignments, and you don't find that in a organization that might be really processed out um a 500 person company i mean you have to be prepared to be a jack of all trades and Mm. to probably do five or six different jobs for one person because it's a small organization if you want to try to push that organization to greatness the other thing that i think is really timely that i would say alvaro that when you're evaluating culture is inclusivity and how the company is going to value uh, diverse uh, diversity from both a, um, everything from race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, veteran status, age, perspective, disability status. The companies I've been the happiest are the companies that understand the business imperative behind inclusivity and that uh, we value everybody's opinion and uh Here's what I would tell you, and I'll get really personal here for just a second, and that is this. Um, You know, I'm openly gay. Uh, I came out in 2006, and early in my career I worked um, in conservative industries. And there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't have a, uh, you know, 
fear in my head that my sexual orientation would impact the way people judged my performance and how they work with me. And so something magical happened at Clorox when I got here and uh, there has not been a day that goes by that I don't think about that anymore. And it is because the company uh, on a daily basis reinforces the power of inclusivity and diversity. It is a business imperative behind what we do. And you, you feel uh, whether I go to whether I go to, you know, even some of our smaller offices, I never feel that 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 feeling in my mind that somebody is judging me based on something I can't control. And so uh, that is something that is hard to tease out. And a lot of times you may not discover it until after you start working. And what I would mm -hmm. say is uh, everybody holds the keys to their future. And if you're ever in a situation in a company culture where you don't feel valued 100% of the time based on who you are, completely who you are, it is well within your right to say, no, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go find a new opportunity because I deserve better than this. And so you have to own that for your future and your life. And I think students today are going to probably spend more time asking that question. And I can tell you uh, anecdotally in the last three or four months, whether it be on LinkedIn or whether it be on uh, uh, interviews, actually, where more candidates today since George Floyd's death are asking about what is your company culture from a diversity perspective? Mm. How, how are you an inclusive culture? And I would challenge students to ask that question all the time. And if you get a uneasy feeling after asking that question to an interviewer, you will know the intuition, trust your intuition. Like it will, that light bulb is going to go off. And if you get a red flag after feeling that, when you talk to a company, you got to trust your gut because um, being in the wrong culture, if you are somebody that values inclusion and diversity, is, is going to hold you back from everything you can achieve and how you can thrive. And so, um, that's that's what I would tell you. It's it's all of that. Oh, that's yeah. Thank you so much for that answer because I think a lot of students nowadays, especially, it's becoming more prevalent of of an importance for them, um, in the workplace. And I think it's important for them to remember that in the interview stage, especially, is their time to evaluate the company as well, not just the company, them. And then obviously that's going to be one of the questions that's going to be rising, you know, and trending for students especially, you know, coming out of college now. Um, yeah, because especially even myself, I, I would have maybe like even six, seven months ago, you know, as if I were to prepare for a job, I would have never asked that question. Um, but now the more that I'm, you know, obviously the world, uh, the way things are happening, um, it's, it's definitely something that's of higher importance to me than, you know, the way somebody managed me, let's just say. So I think... Um, yeah, that was that was a really great answer because I think really a lot of students are gonna really resonate with that. Ask the yeah. questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I know we're nearing the end of our time, and something that I really love to to ask my guests sometimes, or or you, Rob, I'll ask you, is um, 
what is something especially now that we're just talking about work 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 everything's work i mean i know you mentioned you had to get up early because you know you're on east coast time you know working had meetings but when you don't when you have those windows of free time what is something that you really like to do or something that you love to do when you have a little bit of free time i uh um have really uh so first off i would say I'm religious about uh, going to the gym, and my I think my team would agree that uh, if I am tired or cranky or not fully engaged, that's probably I probably haven't gone to the gym enough. And um, uh, you have to learn. I mean, you got to take care of your body and your mind in order to be the best you can be. So for me, uh, that is critical. Uh, but I also think outside of work, you got to find something you love. And I've uh, really spent a lot of time the last two years on photography, and uh, I can get lost in editing photography and uh, beefing up my Instagram account. <laughs> just, um, For the aesthetic, yeah, right? It's an art form. It, you know, it's, 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 um, I definitely am balanced between kind of type A, type B personality in terms of really being you know, focused and, um, ambitious and having goals and then also the creative balance. And I need, I know I need that outlet and it also is kind of a soother for me. Uh, there's something magical about, you know, walking around in random places and seeing a shot that will capture my attention that, um, it literally just helps me disappear from, whatever I was going through that day and kind of connect and be present in the moment. So, you know, uh, our CEO, she talks about, you know, if she could have a perfect day, it would be to go find a great book. She, she loves to read and she's also a self-proclaimed in, uh, introvert. I am as well. <laughs> and so those kind of, I know what I need to, uh, feel whole and to feel balanced and, yeah, you just have to discover those things. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one because I, I feel like um, a lot of different... It's always about something about getting lost or um, in the moment or it's always... So I think that's great because I haven't heard that one before. So Photography for me is... Uh, uh, I mean, most nights I will take a couple hours at night and I could get lost just editing photos and, you know tapping into that artistic self and then I go to bed on a much calmer note and yeah. wake up ready to go the next day and so uh, I've kind of got a little routine going with that now and it's it for me that that uh, works for me that's great so um, well first of all thank you Rob um, I really appreciate your time um, I think there's a lot of great information the students can get from this uh, as well as myself especially um, and I